بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم ربنا زدنا علما As you heard from Sheikh Mtiyaz he gave the introduction to the dars of tonight that we are talking about the case of Al-Qadr and uh, Al-Qadr is one pillar of Iman, faith that's mentioned in so many hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam clearest one is the one which is famous as the Hadith Jibreel and the story is known when Jibreel alayhi salam came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the shape of a human being and he came to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sat down with him and he asked him about Islam about Iman about Ihsan and then about the hour Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked, answering him for each question with enough knowledge and when he asked him about Iman he told him the six pillars of Iman so in this case now we say if someone is not having one of the pillars of Islam he is not a Muslim if someone is not having one pillar of Iman he is not a Mu'min and so on so actually the case of Al-Qadr especially is a big case because that was the first pillar some people in that time had a problem with it was in the time of Sahaba some people in Iraq rejected Al-Qadr and refused Al-Qadr and they said there is no Qadr and things are continuous That story you can, that case you can understand from the story of these two men came from Iraq to Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma and Abdullah ibn Umar, one of the Sahaba. And they asked him in Al-Haram about the people who say there is no Qadr. So he told these two people, <coughs> to tell the people in Iraq who say so, that he is free of them and they are free of him يعني عبد الله بن عمر unless they believe and القدر otherwise they are not مؤمنز and they are not Muslims that brings us to the case that how are we going to understand our deen is it through these books we have is it through the words of such and such alim such and such person or is it through the main sources of this deen Quran and Sunnah Yes, we may not be capable of understanding the deen directly from Quran and Sunnah if we are not having enough tools to read Quran and understand it and to read Sunnah of Muhammad and understand it. Then we can go and ask the ulama, as Allah told us subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ But every Muslim is required to read Quran and understand Quran and follow Quran. To read the Sunnah of Muhammad Understand the Sunnah of Muhammad and also practice it. Obey it. Because both of them are wahi. Whisper from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Descended from Allah wa ta'ala. Then we are, we have no choice. 
We have no other choice except to read them, follow them. The case of Qadr, although we discussed it maybe so many times before, but let us just have a brief in the case of Qadr quickly so we understand what we are talking about tonight. Qadr actually is a brief decisions made by Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and whatever is happening now and before and after is, or, is or all, all already decided by Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and there is no doubt about it we know from Quran and Sunnah some hadith will read inshallah later on in this, this chapter that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala knew everything and Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala told the pen to write them down in the preserved template, which is the Allah al-Mahfur. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had his own will and he gave the slaves their will. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one who created our actions. These are the four steps of Qadr. If a person wants to understand Qadr, he must understand these four steps of Qadr. In short, first step is knowledge of Allah wa ta'ala. Second step is writing, which is in the tablet. Or in the Lohi Mahfud. Third step is the will of Allah wa ta'ala and the will of the slave. Fourth step is the creation. Yani creating our actions. And everything, of course, but we are talking about Qadr, so we talk about the actions. If these are clear to us, then the case of Qadr is very simple, inshallah, very easy. Lots of people are having problems when they read some of the hadith or the ayat of Allah wa ta'ala. They are unable to understand. How a person is already decided to be in Jahannam while he is not yet born. We know a clear hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah will send the angels to the mother's womb to give the soul and to write the words, four words. One of them is, is this person going to be a happy or unhappy? So some people say, yeah, and how is that? The, the, this thing in the mother's womb is not yet born. How is he going to be happy or unhappy? That's very simple. I'll give you a harder example. Allah already decided before he creates earth and heaven that this person is going to be in Jahannam. And the other person is going to be in Jannah very simple and very easy because he knew what these people are going to do in their life before they do it when we understand the absolute knowledge of Allah wa ta'ala, and everything then it's easy for us to understand this case let's take an example which is always make it easy for us because examples sometimes explain things that may not be easy to understand we give, we give usually example of two persons. Abu Bakr radiallahu anh and Abu Jahl. Abu Bakr radiallahu anh was born in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He met Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he knew him. And when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was told to call for this deen, he radiallahu anh accepted the deen, he lived as a Muslim and he died as a Muslim. So he deserves Jannah. Abu Jahl also was born in the same 
time where Muhammad was there and he met Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he knew him because he was his cousin. Not so close cousin, but he was a cousin from the same tribe. And when Muhammad sallallahu called him to Islam, he refused. And he lived as a kafir and he died as a kafir. So he went to Jahannam. Now Allah already decided that in the absence. Decided that which is already written 50,000 years before the creation of earth and heaven. Because he knew subhanahu wa ta'ala that Abu Bakr will accept and will live as a Muslim and will die as a Muslim. He knew that subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he knew also that Abu Jahl will refuse Islam, will reject it, will live as a kafir, will die as a kafir. He knew that long time ago. So he decided that he was going to be in Jahannam. We have no doubt in that. That's so, so easy. So simple if you just have the key of the steps of Qadr. If you have the key of the steps of the Qadr, then everything is okay for you. Everything is easy for us. The knowledge of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, the first key. The absolute knowledge of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. The writing, the will of Allah and the will of this place, and the creation of our actions. As Allah told us in His holy book, Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, Wallahu khalaqakum wa ma ta'maloon. Created you and your actions also. Because you cannot do the action unless Allah Ta'ala creates for you. But it's our, it's our will to do this or not to do it. Because Allah gave us a chance. He did not force us to do bad things and He punish us for it. That's impossible. And He does, does not force us to do good things and He rewards us for, for it. That's false. Is that is also incorrect? But actually he gave us capability to take, do the right thing and do the, uh, the bad thing. As he told us subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Kahf, فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ So we have our own will, yes. But our own will cannot really go beyond the will of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. It's still under the will of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, but we have our own will. If someone wants to stand up now, he can stand up. He wants to sit down, he can sit down. He has his own will. If someone hears this deen and he wants to be a Muslim because he is convinced with it, he can. Nobody forced him to say, no, you cannot. If someone who hears about this deen and he doesn't want to follow this deen for any reason, then he has his own will. Allah will not force him. So the case of Qadr brothers is very important to understand because lots of people, they misunderstand the point and they go in problems in understanding this deen. Take an example also of the case of Hidayah. We have two clear ayat in the book of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the case of Hidayah. Allah told Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَرْ So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cannot give Hidayah to the ones who like. He likes. But there is another ayah say, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Ah, how is that? Here he's saying that you cannot make hidayah to people, then he says here you can, he says that you make hidayah to people. Very easy and very simple. If you know Arabic, you will understand that the first hidayah is the same as the hidayah, second hidayah. These are two different hidayahs. إِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتِ 
means that you cannot enforce, insert hidayah into the hearts of the people. No, you cannot, Ya Muhammad It's only for Allah. Allah only is the one who to insert the hidayah into the heart. So this hidayah is only for Allah. The other hidayah, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ is the hidayah of showing the way. If someone comes to you and asks you, where is the way to Mecca? I didn't know Riyadh, I'm new in here, please let me know where to, how to go to Mecca. You will make hidayah for him, yani the way where to go to Mecca. This is hidayah. And one of the yani, uh, good stories about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr when they were in Hijrah, running away from, from Mecca people, Mecca people, the, the policies of Mecca people said that they will give 100 camels as a prize or a gift for the person who gives Muhammad or Abu Bakr. A man met Muhammad in the way to Medina with Abu Bakr, but he doesn't know Muhammad But he knows Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr that time was so famous. He was a, tra- a, a trader, a big trader. So he asked Abu Bakr, who is this? He said, this is my guide. This is my guide. The man, the prophet thought that Abu Bakr is meaning that this is guiding me the road, show me the way. But Abu Bakr meant what? He means this is a guide, my guide to Allah Taala. Now, this is a lesson to us not to lie. We can say something without lying, but we can convince the others that we are saying something else. But we are not lying. However, so Hidayah in here, if it's divided into these two hidayahs, then we can understand why Allah said in the beginning that ayah in the tahdi man ahbert, and He said subhanahu wa ta'ala in the other ayah, wa inna kala tahdi ila qiraat al-mustaqim. Then we understand that you can do your best to show the people the way, but it's not, you are not the one to insert hidayah into their hearts. Take an example of Nuh alayhi salam, one of the best high or the, the strong will messengers, five of them. You know them. Nuh wa Ibrahim wa Musa wa Isa wa Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nuh was one of them. And he tried his best to get his son to Hidayah. Allah did not give him the chance. Why? Why? We cannot ask Allah why. But we ask the wisdom. The wisdom that Allah knows best. That this son of Nuh does not deserve to the Hidayah. So he did not give it to him. Allah knew subhanahu wa ta'ala that the father of Ibrahim alayhi salam does not deserve hidayah, so he did not give it to him. Allah knew subhanahu wa ta'ala that Abu Jahl, Abu Talib, Abu Lahab do not deserve hidayah. So Allah did not give it to him. Muhammad Hassan did his best to make hidayah to his uncle Abu, Abu Talib because he was protecting him and he was doing a lot of good things for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Muhammad Hassan did his best to guide him. To insert hidayah to his heart, but he couldn't, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He guided him, he showed him the way, he showed him the way. But he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not want. Because he knew that Abu Talib does not deserve Jannah. So he did not give him the hidayah. So he will not get so angry or so bad or so desperate or frustrated when we call people to Islam and they do not accept from us. Because hidayah is not up to us. The hidayah we can do is only to show the way. Tell them about Quran, tell them about Sunnah, tell them about this deen, how nice is this, how fantastic is this deen, how great is this deen. But make sure that you are not the one to insert hidayah into their hearts. 
إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء. This chapter is talking about those people who reject قدر. Disbelieve in قدر. Deny قدر. And this bad habit, bad bid'ah and authority happened a long time ago. In the time of Sahaba, they told you. By some people in Iraq, they say they denied Qadr. Why, they, why did they do that? Because they thought if Qadr is there, it means that people are forced. And if they are forced, why Allah will punish them when He forces them to do bad things? Or why is He going to reward them when He forces them to do good? Of course, this is incorrect. Yani, uh, just imagine an example, just imagine a person bringing another guy and putting the gun in his head and tells him drink alcohol or I'll shoot you poor guy knows that this is a crazy guy if he doesn't drink alcohol he will kill him so he drank alcohol when he drank alcohol that man with the gun got so angry say you drink alcohol this is haram why you do haram you forced me no 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 I will beat you eight sticks because you drank alcohol. Is this acceptable? No. Allah will not force people to do bad things, then punish them for it. Allah will not force people to do good things, then reward them for it. That's not the way. That's not the wisdom. And Allah Hakim, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who is having the, the greatest wisdom, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will not do this. But he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, make this qadr to us to tell us how to deal with dunya and when we have problems we have tragedies we know this is qadr الذين إذا صابتهم مصيبة قالوا إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون أولئك عليهم صلوات من ربهم ورحمة وأولئك هم المهتدون when they have tragedies they know that Allah سبحانه وتعالى wanted to test them with these tragedies or to forgive their sins with these tragedies if you have any small cut in your finger from the, the, a knife as an example, remember that Allah decided this for you because He loves you. If you are on the right track. Whatever happens to Muslim in his life, whatever bad thing happens to Muslim in his life is good for him. Because Allah wants His slaves to be clean. We do a lot of mistakes. We do a lot of sins. So if Allah punishes us in this dunya, if He tests us in this dunya, then He is doing us good because He will erase our bad sins. These sins He will erase from us, so we will be clean enough for Jannah. Jannah, no one will go to Jannah with sins. No one will go to Jannah with bad things. If you remember the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that people of Jannah, before they get to Jannah, they have to go through a river. A river cleans their hearts from every bad thing. Hateness, bad things, because Jannah, no one will go to Jannah unless he is totally clean and good enough for Jannah. And Jahannam is to clean those ones who are not possible to be cleaned by something else. So they go to Jannah to be clean there, if they are Muslims. And there are Muslims who have a lot of bad deeds, they need to be cleaned by Jahannam. And for a certain period, then they will go to Jannah. Kafirs will not, of course. Kafirs will not be cleared at all. The Jahannam will, will burn them. Now, the Hypocrites, Munafiqeen, the safe. Or worse. 
But for Muslims who are having a lot of bad deeds and they are not, they do not repent before they die, Allah may forgive them in the first place and send them to Jannah, or Allah also may send them to Jahannam to be cleaned there. So whatever happens to you in this life, just remember that this is from Allah, Qadr from Allah, and you accept it and thank Allah for it. Because this is going to clean your bad deeds or to raise you up in Jannah. In the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he subhanahu wa ta'ala assign a level in Jannah for his slave. That he cannot reach it with his deed, good deed. So Allah sent him some tragedy to raise him up in Jannah. Subhanallah, yes. It's not only to clean the bad deeds, no. But also to raise his level in Jannah. إن الله لا يكتب لعبده المؤمن منزلة في الجنة لا يبلغها بعمله فيبتليه ليرفع درجته سبحان الله وبحمد سبحان الله العظيم whatever comes to you in this life do worry about it remember that from Allah everything in the hand of Allah تبارك وتعالى and you should accept it and you should follow this deal by dealing with these tragedies and problems don't just say, I will accept this and stay at home. No, just go ahead. You, if someone receives disease, he will not say this from Allah, I'll accept it and stay home. No, go and ask for doctors or ask medicine and so on. Yes, no problem. But just take this as a qadr from Allah and it's good for you, however. And I gave you some good examples before. Let me just remind you of one of them. One of my colleagues in Saudi Airlines before. He was a bad guy. A lot of bad traveling, smoking, that, these things he's doing. This subhanallah, he had a very serious disease. That he was on a wheelchair. For some time. Subhanallah, that is the result of him to, go, to come back to Allah. To recite Quran more and more and memorize a lot of Quran. Read the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Stick to the masjid for salah. Read about the knowledge of this deen. Refrain from doing bad things. Until he became, mashallah, good mutawwa. Now, was that tragedy bad or good for him? It was good for him. Because if he did not have this tragedy, he will continue his life. He has money. He has tickets, free tickets to travel around the world. And he is strong enough to do bad things. So this tragedy for him was fantastic. And he always thanked Allah for it. I hear him by my own ear. He thanks Allah for this tragedy. He says, if I have Allah not give me this tragedy, I may continue in that way. Subhanallah wa bihamdah. Whatever comes from Allah is good. That's why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, وَالشَّرُّ لَيْسَ إِلَيْكُ When he talked to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when dua, that shar, bad thing is not to you, ya Allah. Let's see this case of this chapter, what is the relation between the book of Tawheed, monotheism, and the Qadr, or predestination. Believing in Qadr is part of the Rububiyyah side of Tawheed, Lordship side of Tawheed. We believe that Allah existing, we believe in the Lordship of Allah wa Ta'ala, we believe in the worship of Allah wa Ta'ala, we believe in the names and qualities of Allah wa Ta'ala, and believing in Qadr is part of the Lordship side of Tawheed. So this is the connection with the book of Tawheed.
Then the author mentioned some hadith about who denied Al-Qadr. First hadith was the hadith of Ibn Umar. He said that he swore that if someone is having gold as much as the mountain of Uhud, you know mountain of Uhud in Medina, a very huge mountain. He said if someone, one of you is having much of gold like the mountain of Uhud and he is spending this in the, for the sake of Allah, for the poor and so on, he will, Allah will not accept it. Allah will not accept it unless he believes in Qadr. Unless he has faith on Qadr. Any good deed to be done by a person who does not believe in Qadr is not acceptable. Any, any good deed is done by a kafir will not be accepted. Just imagine we have a neighbor in here and he is a Hindu. And he is praying with us every fast time. And he is fasting Ramadan. And he is giving zakah. And he is going for Hajj and Umrah. He can. But he is a Hindu. He doesn't accept La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah. Will this benefit him? No, at all. Same thing with this case. A person who is not believing in Qadr is not going to be benefited from what he is doing. Because Muhammad said so. Muhammad told us in the hadith of Jibreel. No one will be counted as a mu'min unless he does this. Unless he believes in Qadr. He believes in Allah, believes in his messengers, believes in his angels, believes in the books of Allah Taala, believes in the judgment day, and believes also in Qadr. Six pillars of Iman must be believed in them. <clears throat> then he gave an evidence of the say of Muhammad which is mentioned by Muslim, in Sahih Muslim. Also another hadith, the second hadith is about Ibad ibn al-Samad he said to his son, advising his son, that you, O son, you will never taste the taste of Iman unless you believe in Qadr. Subhanallah. First of all, does Iman have a taste? Yes. But not by the tongue. It's the taste by the heart. Those people who have true Iman, they have a taste in their hearts of the Iman. They enjoy it. They feel it. How could Sahaba, in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how could good people until now enjoy standing most of the night praying to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala while they were hungry at that time and tired and maybe sick? How could they do that? Because of the taste of Iman inside. The enjoyment of Salah, the enjoyment of Ibadah, whether it's Salah or other, other cases. Taste of Iman is inside. He feels, he feels the taste of Iman where he's left the happiness. The happiness which everybody is running after it, including the covers, but they miss the correct way to have happiness. So many people think that happiness is drinking alcohol, or smoking drugs, using drugs, or women, or, 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 whatever. Did they find it? No. Who found the happiness? The best person ever walked on earth found happiness Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Sahaba, they enjoyed until they have given their own souls for la ilaha illallah for this deed. Because they enjoy inside, they have the enjoyment inside. They get so happy when they are killed for la ilaha illallah. As they told you about the Sahabi when he was hit and his blood was going out, he took the blood and he put it in his face say, I won. Wallahi, wa rabbul ka'bah, I won. Fuzzu rabbul, subhanallah. 
What kind of, of, of victory he's had, he had? He's killed! He lost, he lost his life! No. He lost this dirty life. But he gained and won the true life which is in the grave and in the judgment day in Jannah. That's the life. As Allah told subhanahu wa ta'ala in his holy book, فَمَنْ زُحْزِهَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازِ فَازِ Victory. He won. He won. When what? When the happens. In Jannah, no sickness, no heat, no trouble, no problem, no sleeping, no sickness, no dying, no old age. In Jannah, it's complete happiness there. So the one who is living in this dunya, dirty dunya, terrible dunya, and he goes to Jannah, is he willing or not? He's willing. Vice versa, the one who is trying to enjoy this dunya because he knows that he's not going to gain anything in the, the judgment day. Ask any cover, does he want to die? He just says, to me, I don't, don't want to die. Why you don't want to die? Because he knows that if he dies, he's ruining his happiness now, but he is not going to have any other happiness. He knows that he is a bad person. He knows that he is not obeying his Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. While a Muslim, he is just waiting to leave this dunya. He is waiting to meet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his hawb and drink from his hawb sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is waiting to go to Jannah, to relax, to have the guarantee of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala that he is going to, going to enjoy forever, forever, in vanity. While in this dunya, even if somebody is having the enjoyment, it will be limited, very limited, limited in time, limited in taste. While a mu'min, he is tasting the happiness now in this dunya by iman. ذاق طعم الإيمان من آمن بالله ربا وبالإسلام دينا ومحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم رسولا ذاق he tasted just when he is accepting Allah as true Lord to him when he is accepting Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم as true messenger to him when he is accepting this deen as the deen for him to follow and obey and run after and enjoy then he is tasting the happiness here tasting iman in here then he will have more enjoyment in the judgment day in Jannah but the other way around no so Ubaid ibn al-Qa'am one of the best of Sahaba Muhammad sallallahu alayhi he was telling his son oh my son you will never taste the taste of Iman until you know that whatever happened to you will, will never be prevented from you yani it will happen it will happen there is no doubt about it and whatever is not happened to you will never happen to you. He said, I heard Rasulullah saying, the meaning of his that the first thing Allah created was the pen. The first thing that Allah created was the pen. Be careful. This first in here is not total and general first. No, this is first and there's some other first because we know Al Arsh before that. So, however, we take this hadith that this first of some first. And when Allah created the pen, He told the pen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talked to the pen and said, write. So the pen said, Ya Rab, oh my Lord, what should I write? So Allah told him to write everything that would to happen until the judgment day. So the pen did. And he wrote. Nobody says, how is the pen going to receive orders and obey? <laughs> that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do whatever He wants to do. 
Allah ala kulli shayin qadir. And he told the bin to write and the bin wrote what he was told to write. Then he said, Oh my son, I heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that whoever dies without this belief, he is not of me. And if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he mentioned some other points of that hadith on uh, Imam Ahmad Musnad and some other also. Then in, in the Musnad also and the Sunan Ad-Daylami, Ibn Daylami, he said he came to Ubay ibn Ka'b, the one of the Sahaba. This is Tabi'in, he came to Tabi'in, he came to Sahaba to ask them about Al-Qadr. And he said that he had some problems, it's just about the Qadr, tell me something to make clear it for me. Then he told him that you have to believe in Qadr, and Allah will not accept anything from you unless you believe in Qadr. And he said also, Qadr yani means that you believe whatever happens to you will never be refrained from you. Yani nobody says, if I came from other way to this masjid, I will not have the accident. Wrong. It's already written that you will use this way and you will have this accident. Halas. You can't change it. Even if you go back, yani if you have a, 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 any way of going back in, in, in the time, like they say, this, this uh, yani imagination of having this uh, time machine, if you go to the time machine and make your time one day before, Still you will go the same way, same, you will come with the same road and have the same accident. Because Allah has already decided that. Finish. Finish. So don't say, well, if I, we said this in chapter before if you remember that. And if, if, he, if someone does not believe in this, he will go to Jahannam, as mentioned in this hadith. And he said this, yani Daylami said, Ibn Daylami said, I came also to Ibn Mas'ud, I came to Hadith Abdul Yaman, I came to Zayd Ibn Thabit. All of them, they told me the same. These are four Sahaba, he came to each one of them alone, and he asked them the same question, they gave him the same advice. Because Sahaba, it was so clear to them. They have learned this from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they had no trouble on understanding it this way. For us Muslims, if we again to say, that if we understand Al-Qadr with the first citizen, nothing will happen, nothing, no problem will happen to us when we face problems. Because this problem is already decided, so why do I have to, to worry about it? Losing the money, losing the children, losing the health, whatever. Having problem, having, losing the job, whatever, is actually a qadr. I should accept it from Allah and try something else. Sometimes this qadr, which is losing the health or losing the money or losing the, the job, is better for you to have. It's enough for us to say this from Allah, we accept it. We love it. One point about the case of knowledge of Allah, just I want you to remember it because it's very important. We believe, we believe that Allah know, knew what happened. What's happening now. What's going to happen in the future. Only no. And He knew what did that happen, if it happened, how it will happen. How will it be this? He knew subhanahu wa ta'ala also that what did not happen, if it happened, how it will happen? Can you say something that tonight we thought some yani, fire will happen in some place in Riyadh, but it did not happen. Allah knew that event, if it happened, how it will happen. But it did not happen. It did not happen, yes. But 
Allah knew. If it happened, how it will happen? So the knowledge of Allah is absolute, complete. Our knowledge is limited. Our knowledge is limited, limited to this message. Even what besides this message, we didn't know. What happened last year, last month, or last night, in some other parts of the earth, we didn't know. All those in the past, we were talking about the future. So our knowledge is limited, but the knowledge of Allah Taala is absolute, complete. So when you know that, then you have no trouble, inshaAllah. May Allah Taala accept our deeds, and if you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Here. Go ahead. Can Qadr be changed, Shaykh? Good question. This is a good question because a lot of Muslims will ask, would Qadr be changed? Can we change Qadr? In fact, no. Sayyid, we have some hadith saying that Muhammad Sallallahu told us that Dua will stop the Qadr. La yaraddu al-Qadr in dua And he said also in the other hadith, that if someone wants his age to be more, he should visit his relatives, have a good connection with his relatives. Sila. How is that? That's easy. Easy to say. If Allah decided that this person will have a tragedy tonight, but this person made a lot of dua tonight, this dua stops the qadr. Is this changing the qadr? No, because Allah already decided that he decided that this person will have a tragedy, but he also, subhanahu wa ta'ala, decided this person will make dua, so he decided, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the dua will stop the qadr. So he already decided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Predisition. Khalaf. Same thing for the age. Can we extend the age? As Muhammad told us that, yes, we do, but extending in here is not changing the qadr, because Allah knew that, he decided that this person will die when he is 73 years old, exactly. But he also finally decided that this person will want to make dua, will want to make uh, visit to his relatives, Sina. so Allah decided that he accepts this and he extended his age. So all of them are Qadr also. So the Qadr is not changed in here. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made all of these Qadr all together. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakumullah khair for listening, inshallah we'll see you next week.